Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Africa Business of Sport Podcast with myself, Adam Spio, and my ever-lovely co-host, Sean Osimbo. This is a continuation of our ongoing hashtag Women's Sports Step Series, where we take a very good insight and look into all the women out there doing exceptional things to grow the women's game, both on the pitch and off the pitch. Sean, who do we have for our audience today? We have a special lady and I'm humbled to introduce her because we come from the same country and that is Kenya, the beautiful Kenya in East Africa. And just before that, as you know, on this podcast, we continue to highlight the growth of women's sports across the world, especially in Africa, and also celebrate those who are involved in sports. So the global interest in women's sports is on the rise, as we all know, and industry analysts are currently seeing investment value in developing professional women leagues in various sporting categories and also nurturing talent at grassroots level. On today's episode, we host Amy Wande, a Kenyan social entrepreneur, international speaker, and women's advocate. Her vision is to use her passion for sports to transform the African sports industry through entrepreneurial leadership, education, and youth empowerment. Amy, let me say it in Swahili, karibu sana. That means welcome to our listeners. Thank you very much, Sean. I'm super happy to be here and even happier to be speaking with you specifically. You're welcome. So Amy, let's just dive right into it. Talk to us about your passion for sports and how your journey in the sports world has been so far. Sure. Well, Sean, for me, that's a big question. I don't know how long you want us to be talking, but um, it's my whole life. I think for me, I'm someone who was playing sports since I was a little girl. In my family, there was some involvement on uh, a slightly different path. And, and my brother did motocross when I was little. So this was in the motorsports industry. But I think you still get the same values of sports. You know, there was he had to train during the week after school. You know, he had competition. So it's kind of the same thing. He was almost like a professional athlete in a sense. And this was since he was six years old, you know, so. So we're brought up in that environment. So my dad was very passionate about rallying. So we were, you know, that was our fun time activities and things like that. But besides that, I mean, from the moment I joined school, I was always very, you know, passionate about sports. I was involved in all the sports I could at the time. And for me, I feel like actually as a human being, the values that I have in life come from sport. That's how I, I think that's a baseline of what I can start with. I think the discipline I have, the teamwork values I have, and just the way I collaborate with people, the way I'm able to communicate, handle my emotions, everything. Because I think when you're in a sports field, when you play sport, practice sports, not only on an individual level, but on a team level, you learn so much, so much about yourself, so much about how to interact with people, how to communicate with people, and so much about discipline. Um, I was a runner when I was younger and I was trying to get to a very professional level. And with that, um, you know, I used to, I had to challenge myself, train hard, you know, wake up very early when your peers are sleeping because I had a goal and I wanted to achieve that, you know. So there was a huge aspect of discipline. I remember run, running outside, training very early in the morning and people saying to me, like, why are you doing this? No one's there. No one's forcing you. No one's telling you to do it. Why are you doing it? You know, but I had a goal in my head. I had this determination and I had that discipline, which meant I also had to eat well, I had to, you know, rest very well, sleep well, everything all together. So I feel like those are the values that sport teaches me because in my day-to-day life, even now just working, I think about my diet, I think about, you know, I think about everything I do as a whole, but these values for me 
like it, people will say, oh, you know, your parents are not chasing you to eat all your, your balanced meals anymore, do these things. But why do you do them? Because when I was an athlete, I understood the fuel my body needs and, and how to actually, you know, function as a human being properly. So, yeah, it's just these things. I think the discipline of working hard and actually doing the things I need to be doing when I need to be doing them. I take them all back and attribute them back to my sports days because I just I, I feel like that's when I picked it up. Because of this walk in sports, I think one thing I'm proud when actually, and, and I, I, I was talking to Adam and Jabo and saying, Emmy's name comes up a lot in the sports circles. Like, I think we have mutual friends, so many mutual friends in the sports industry and your name comes up and it's always a proud moment for a Kenyan like me when I speak about you because also at a young age and because of your passion for sports, uh, you went ahead and, you know, came up with the African Sports Network. And I think um, we've done a few things here and there and it's such a good vision I would love to talk about it, but it's your project. So I want you to actually just go deep into that. That is how the vision came about and the impact uh, of African Sports Network on the sports industry. Thanks, Sean, for that. I would happily talk about the African Sports Network. It's my baby, uh, so to say. It's 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 something that I would love to say it's my life's mission, but we'll see where it goes because a lot of things grow and a lot of things change. But the African Sports Network was born just from my passion and and, well, shortcomings as an athlete and just challenges. It was one of challenges, if I'm being very honest. I was at a place where, as I mentioned earlier, I did want to be a runner and I reached a point where I just didn't know where to go next. I really didn't know where to go next. I felt like I was living in an ecosystem where it was it was very important to succeed in very many aspects or industries, but not in sports. When we're talking about on this podcast here today in 2023, maybe that sounds a bit odd because I think there's a lot of, it's much easier to say, hey, I want to study sports business. I want to be an athlete. But when I was actually coming up, it was, you're going to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer kind of thing. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's still a bit of that, but I feel like it's much easier today to say that, hey, I actually just want to be an athlete or, you know, things like that. For me, not only was it hard to talk about, it was, I had no idea. I, I wasn't seeing anyone else doing it. So I, I couldn't even go and ask her like, hey, how do I start? So I just, I didn't know where to start. I didn't know where to do. There was no one to ask. And I just felt like I had no guidance. And that was what um, led me towards starting the African Sports Network because I just wanted to build a support system for people like me. I was like, okay, I'm this person that's, you know, first I wanted a network of people who were like me, like, where, come on, everyone else is going through this, come, let's do it together, you know? But it's also more making sure that there's no one else who's going through the situation that can't make it because of this, because basically I had to go through other paths, um, that my, I mean, I don't regret anything in my journey. I think I ended up being exactly where I needed to be, but I had to put aside my sporting aspirations. I ended up at a leadership academy, which I was very passionate about leadership. But in that academy, I focused on sports and sports leadership, which is where the African Sports Network was born. So I took my passion off the field and more into making a solution that can transform the lives of other people who are maybe in the same situation as me. So what we did with this uh, African Sports Network, I mean, I started this at a quite young age with limited resources. And I thought we just have to do what we're able and capable of doing without too many resources. And the main thing was building a network. It was connecting people. It was putting people in the same room who can talk and network and get inspired and feel like their dreams are valid. And that's what we did um, and we've been doing for a couple of years. So just a practical example, um, we started in Johannesburg, moved to Nairobi. And in Nairobi, we were actually hosting workshops where we would put, bring 
young people and put them in a room. And it's a, I think it's a very simple concept that goes um, a long way. I think at that time in Nairobi, um, um, in, in Kenya, there was a lot of people in sports doing different things, but I didn't feel like they were on the same page. And maybe a lot of people could see that as well, is that they were not really connected or, you know, in, in sync, but the goal was the same. So our, our strategy as African Sports Network was to organize an event and basically the panelists were all people from the sports business scene. So you would have someone who works in marketing, someone who may be an athlete, an ex-coach, a sports lawyer, and bring them to speak on the panel. And then you open this, up this event to anyone who's interested, coaches, young people who are in school and anyone else. So in the room, you have this group of people who are all passionate about sports. The people who are like me were the ones who were like, I, I don't know, I think I want to play the sport. I want to study sport, you know, all this confusion. And you just don't have anyone to look up to and you don't know where to go. So these people, first, they have someone to look up to. But second, they have people in the room like them who have the same challenges as them. So then they're able to communicate, talk that and inspire each other among themselves. But then the people on the panel, not only do they inspire the people who are, you know, visiting. So, for example, if someone is interested in sports marketing, you have um, the guy that's on the panel talking about sports marketing and you can directly ask him, hey, how did you make your career? Where can you go from here? But also the people on the panel have the chance to now look at other people who have the same um, aspirations and the same goals as them, and they can also start networking. So the Kenyan sports industry, in this specific case, this was in Kenya, the Kenyan sports industry can also start to work more together. You know, so I think the, I mean, the long end goal of some of these collaborations is how I, I've come about, Sean. It's, you know, me working with Cynthia Momo, for example, you know, other great women in the sports industry. It comes across being in rooms like this, because then you look at the other panelists and it's like, oh, hey. What do you do? We do something similar. So I think it's like a, a two a two part networking where the panelists are also you know getting to know each other, which helps the impact of the sports industry. But also the people in the room are getting inspired and they have somewhere to go. So I mean I'm, I I believe very much in small impact and not only the the biggest impact. And for me, you mm -hmm. know, in doing some of these small events, sometimes we had just thirty people in the room. But for me, one one of those thirty people coming out and going to study a sports management degree is a perfect outcome. You know, I had parents in the room. I had parents accompany their children to those rooms because mm -hmm. the children are so passionate about studying sports, but they weren't sure if this is a safe career path. So the parents attended these events to try and get that security, you know? And for me, a success case is at the end of that, actually, this child is now has actually a perfect example I can give, has graduated with a degree in sports management, you know? So it's the fact that, you know, I can look at myself back then and I had the same things. It's like, my parents were not very secure. Should I study sports management? Should I not, you know? But when you create a room where these conversations can come up and you can show yeah. successful people who have done them, then we're able to move forward and the children's dreams can be valid. You know, parents can have security and things like that. So that's just a bit of what we've tried to do over the years, among many things. And, you know, I've been following the African Sports Network and I, I know the passion you have to just, you know, educate the masses, especially here in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you have touched on topics like marketing, broadcasting, branding, sponsorship, nurturing of talent, mm -hmm. leadership. And, and when, you when it comes to these topics, you know where Africa lies. I, I, we can't deny we, we, are, we have seen some rise, some slow rise and, you know, things looking like in a few years' time they'll become better in Africa compared to years ago. Uh, but let's take, talk about one big issue and one big topic, and that is leadership, which I know you have talked on very many platforms and various platforms, and you've interacted also with many leaders as you are also a young leader yourself. Which areas do you think African sports leaders and organizations need to improve on, or where do you think we are lacking as a continent when it comes to leadership? 
I like this question a lot, but I also have to be very uh, strategic on how to answer it in, in the, <laughs> in the best way possible. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, I give the, the continent kudos for where we are today. You know, there's there's a lot that we haven't gotten right that we're now getting right. So I think we're we're definitely headed in the right direction. But I still don't think it's enough. I think I'm always someone who says that there's always a challenge. It's always, always an opportunity. Obviously, you know that I'm based in Spain now. And when I look at the leadership and the level of sport, I see how we have 10 times more talent, but our leadership structures are just not on the same level, which then actually can means that we're not at the same level as you know other parts of the world. And for me, I think it boils down to... The background, which always boils down, I think with all of my answers, Sean, everything I say boils down to education because I'm very, I'm a true believer of education, but in, I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, um, traditional education, but more of actually in the field that you're in and in what you work. And I think that's what it boils down for me, uh, boils down to for me in sport is that when I look sometimes across Africa and when I look at some of these positions, which are very senior positions regarding sport, I just don't find the background that I'm looking for. And what I always say is, you know, when you look at top doctors in the world, engineers and a lot of other fields, you can't practice medicine without going to medical school, you know, but you find all these senior positions in sports that are occupied by people who actually have zero background at all. You know, it's one thing to study traditionally, but it's also something to have a background on it, which you can argue that maybe sports, you don't need the whole traditional education, but zero background at all. And Sean, you know very well that when you look at the, the Kenyan Ministry of Sport that we've had, I'm not talking about currently, but I'm talking about, you know, if we look at the history of the ministers that we get, sometimes it's just like the position that's that's filled. But when you look at the background of the person, it's like, where's the thought into that? You know, where where's the background? Where is the, it's not just about some, it's not an easy place that, you know, sports is usually treated as the easy place where someone can fill a gap. But why do you not need a qualified person to handle that position? So this is my biggest worry. You know, when I when I sometimes look at the ministries across Africa, I'm like, this is supposed to be the people who are handling the sports at the highest level. And you just have no background in sports, you know. So that's why I'm always pushing. I think there's a lot of young people going, starting sports management and becoming more immersed in this environment. I'm very happy with that. Or, you know, not just sports management, sports journalism, sports law, the things that you're passionate about. But let's have more credible people in charge, more people who understand. Let's have more former athletes involved. You know, I think um, I, give, I give so many examples of Kenyan, but you, I'm proudly Kenyan, as you can see. And I think our Olympic committee is doing a great job of this. Our current Olympic committee, you see a lot of former athletes getting involved. I think that's another path which I, I'm very I'm, I'm biased towards. I think there's some background of former athletes that works because when you've been an athlete, you understand the pain and the process that it takes. So personally, I mean, I was not even a high level of athlete yet. If you put me in a position where um, I have to manage resources of someone else, I will never take their resources because I understand how much work that person has put to get to where they are. And I feel like at least with, if you put athletes in those positions, they can understand, you know, they, they have a bit more of a, of a connection to understanding the sports ecosystem. So that's what I find lacking. I think if you look at the challenges that we have, which I won't, I won't mention them, but you find that, I mean, I think even just the empathy or the, the, the kind of things that are, are committed or go on and the, the lack of support that athletes have, you can tell mm -hmm. that these people are not connected to sports in any way because sport is something emotional. I feel like even if I was, you know, I, I look at myself and I'm like, even if I didn't want to to do right by these athletes, 
it's impossible when you know what an athlete has gone through to get to where they are. When you understand mm-hmm. sport and understand the ecosystem, even with nothing, you will want to push them and elevate them, you know? So that's what I see in other places that I don't, I, I think you find people with either the background, with an education, people who understand well, that sport is more than just a game. It's a, it's a business, it's an industry and it's, it's hard work and sweat and they honor and respect that. So I'm waiting for our industry to get to that point in a leadership perspective. I know. Me too. Me too, Amy. I can't wait. And when you talk about athletes, I know this always comes to my mind when I see athletes, blood, sweat and tears, because I think when you hear their story, when you hear their narrative, you get to understand how tough it is. And despite all these things that are thrown towards them, they actually emerge top. And that, and that is exciting for an athletic powerhouse like our country. I think we need to do better. So hopefully soon. So let's narrow down the leadership part to now the women leaders. And sometimes when we are talking about the African continent, what you hear is shy, lack of confidence, uh, many barriers, stereotypes. So how can we make sure the next generation of young ladies can actually be confident and take up roles? Because we are seeing that is also missing in women's sports. Yes, we talk about it on the podcast with Adam and Jabo and we say, um, it's it's okay we have the men supporting us and we, we want that support. We love that support. But at the same time, we would love to see women taking up positions. And in Africa, we are seeing, or, or someone takes up a position. For example, a lady goes up, takes up a position, but then something happens and the world is harsh against her. And then she just pulls back. And yet she was in a position to help uh, fellow women. So talk to us about that women leadership in Africa and how we can encourage the next generation of young ladies. For sure. Uh, thanks, John, because this it's definitely a loaded question. It's not an easy one to get by. And just from the context that, you know, it's not only in sport. That's that's I think that's the starting point. Women leadership is a whole topic of it on, on its own, you know, mm-hmm. across the continent in many sectors, not only on the continent, across the world. It's a big one. And then we talk about the sports industry <laughs> and it's just even tougher because we're dealing with a male dominated industry. So. This is this is it's not it's not just it's not a simple one because we haven't even solved the the number one and then we're number two in an industry that is not an easy one to navigate. But um, I think today we're at a time where we have a lot of a lot more I would say, but a lot. I think we have a lot of examples of women who are thriving in the industry and who are making it in the industry. So I think. That's a, that's the best way to go about it. At least I'm 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 going to speak because I'm 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 thinking of the best way to to communicate this, and I'm wondering who I would be speaking to in this case. And this is maybe anyone who is in that position who wants to get involved or is shying away. And I think the best thing to look at is the people who are there. You know, it's definitely not easy, but it helps to have someone else to 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 speak to and to go go to about that. I went through that actually, um, and I, I think it was very useful. As, as I mentioned before, I've had mentorship from other women in the sports industry who are, have had years of experience above me. And you know, I'm able to sit in a room and actually communicate these challenges in a space where it's accepted, in a space where it's it's understood, which is very important, where someone can really say, hey, this is how I went about it. So maybe I'll take this one back to mentorship. I think that um, at, a, at a young age where your spirits can be brought down, or at any age where this is happening to you, where your spirits can be brought down, it really helps to have that support system who can say to you that, hey, this has also happened to me. Or even someone, I think some of the opportunities of bias I've gone through in the industry, I haven't gone through them alone. 
have gone through them with a mentor. I know there's some rooms I had to walk into that actually I had a mentor that had to walk in with me and we experienced that bias together, you know? So this is, I think that's the, the it helps a lot to have someone to be able to, to have that confidence in and to turn the trust to say that this is what's happening, but they can help, they can tell you what they've gone through and how to overcome it. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I, I struggle to, to, to answer it a lot because I know my mind is also just very resilient. I've been in these rooms my whole life. You know, I, I studied a sports management degree where nine out of 10 times I was the only female person in that room. And I have, I've always had to be wow. the representation. I've been in rooms where I'm not only the only uh, female person, the only black person. So my life has a lot of the times been, you know, I've been that person who has had to advocate, but a lot of people have not had that experience. So it may be tougher, but so for me, I, personally know as an individual how to handle it and how to overcome it but in the in the on the other side of it I think mentorship is the best way so if you're a strong individual you just have to put your mind to it and take it as your fight and you know definitely be sure in yourself and overcome it but on the other hand if you are struggling a lot I think you know talking to people who have gone through the same things as you it, it can help a lot and just having a mentor who can support you through it is very useful as well mm-hmm. yeah Adam. Mm-hmm. Amy, one thing I like about you, which I'm really enjoying on this conversation, is that you are relentlessly tenacious. And such people, they don't see barriers. They literally do not see barriers. Like being black, coming from Africa, and being a lady, it's like the worst of the conditions you can find yourself in. Especially in sports, like you said, which is predominantly controlled by men. Right. And it's it's really and truly people who are relentlessly tenacious that are able to create things for themselves when there's literally nothing out there for them. I remember right after my master's in international sports management, I applied for so many jobs, both here in Ghana and internationally. And, you know, internationally already, if you probably don't come from the Eurozone or you don't have any direct connections with you know, people within the US or wherever you want to work, you're not going to get the job. They're going to reject you with some very nice excuse that, are oh, you know, people much better than you. We all know their tricks, right? And all of these frustrations kept coming through, but I realized that I have a gift. I can speak. I understand people. I love conversations. I can create ideas. And that's what led to the creation of the podcast. And similar to the Africa Sports Network, it's grown to an extent that so many people see the value out of it. And we do this not even for ourselves. We do this for others. So through the adversity that we go through, we realize that we need to make sure we create things for people to not have to come experience that anymore. So it's it's very different when you have people like that because sometimes people will go through adversity and then do things for themselves because, you know, I need to feel comfortable. But you just like me and you and Sean, we're doing things for other people to come and benefit. We are paving the way for the next young boy and girl to come and have an opportunity and say one day, you know, through the activities of Amy or Sean or Jabu or Eden, I was able to get to this point and I didn't have to struggle and climb any huge mountain for no reason. And I think that's really powerful. And we need more young female leaders out there, especially in sports, really talking, sharing their ideas, giving their insights, being a pillar of hope. For me, i very grateful for the grandma and the mom that I have. I hold them in high respect. So even my respect for women in general, it's pretty high. And even for those in sports, I see you literally fighting against Goliath. Sports is a Goliath, whether I like it or not. Look at how successful women have been. Yet still, they're not getting the recognition. They're not getting the applause. They're not getting the love and whatnot because it's 
really just dominated by men. But anytime a woman goes out there and then does the unthinkable, for me, the respect just goes up. So big up on that and continue to be a huge leader for the young boys and girls out there. I mean, you inspire me a lot just to say. Thanks. And I'm sorry, just to just to just to add on, on, on to what you said, I think the key is right there. It's that, you know, you mentioned the challenges of, you know, graduating with you at any level at a bachelor's level, a master's level. And this comes to, you know, any woman in sport that whatever level you are, whether you started or wherever you are, it will always there will always be hardship. There will always be a no, you know, regardless of where you come from or there'll, there'll always be a reason why you can't get through that door. But the key, Adam, your example is perfect of, you know, I realize you realize that you had a mic and you had a voice. And I think that's that's the key to it is that you have to be you have to be very creative. I think even with the African Sports Network, we've pivoted and we've we've been very we've looked at what we had. And it's like, OK, there are barriers. But at the end of the day, you can't overcome those barriers in different ways, in strong ways, in, in, in very tough ways, or, or in sometimes even simple ways of, hey, what skills do I have? What resources do I have? You know, it's looking within. And that's a lot of what we teach in, in our philosophy at African Sports Network and in the networking events and whenever we have entrepreneurial workshops. That's that's a philosophy of it, is that there's always a way to shift and adapt and look within yourselves. So for uh, a, a huge message for this uh, uh, women's women's uh, women's day and, and month in general would be that, you know, as, as women that in the sports industry specifically, there are a lot of challenges. But I think we can also look within ourselves and let's not let it push us back. Let's use it as motivation. But even on the other side, regardless of the character or how, how pushy you are or not, that doesn't matter. Just take a moment to take a step back and look between yourselves and within yourself and see what other ways you can overcome it, because there are always ways um, to move forward. When we speak about education, before we move on to our next point, I think African sports leaders and organizations need to come up with ways of dealing with ignorance. And that's the truth when it comes to the African sports scene. We have this know-it-alls. yet. This current generation, we are blessed and lucky to have the digital space where there are so many ways, as you say, Amy, to learn. Even if you want to do something practical, you can still go online and, you know, get the skills and all that. You can listen. There are podcasts in all languages in the world. There are videos on YouTube, but they, they choose ignorance. Some of these leaders choose ignorance and they have this know-it-all attitude and they can't just even take five minutes to just better themselves for the sake of who they're representing. So I hope they can deal with that as they listen to this. They can also, some of them, they can also deal with that because I think that is what is ailing the African sports industry. And we cannot continue like this because our sportsmen and women deserve better. Which brings me to my next point. Because of this ignorance, we have seen a lot of talent being wasted in Africa. And that's the honest truth. Um, Amy, you've said you are abroad. You have seen how talented Africa is and what we are missing is the systems. And uh, it's quite a sad state of affairs when you know how many you know footballers, athletes, all these people, how much they will be earning, how how they would have developed their the, the places they have they have come from with the talent they have, but because of the systems, the systems keep on letting them down and failing them day by day. What is the best way of making sure all the sportsmen and women on the African continent are presented with opportunities? Because let's not even start with the politics that comes with African federations, sports federations. Sean, this one is a tough one. This one is a tough one. But, um, yeah, it, it's a complete tough one because it's a it's a multi-level layered um, problem that has been going on for ages that we are all very aware of. But I think the simple answer, my simplest answer is very predictable and it goes back down to 
the leadership, which falls back to education, just pointing out that I told you all my answers lead back to education. But I, it, it really falls back to the issues that we had before and everything that we've discussed, because at the end of the day, when you have people in, this, in, in, in those spaces who understand the value of what needs to be done, Sean, such things can't happen. You know, when I look at myself and I look at those positions, I know I'm very confident of myself. And I, I mean, I will ask now that I thought about it, I never asked, but I will ask other people who work in the spaces like me. If you have that experience or that background and that understanding mm-hmm. of the capacity and potential of the sports industry, and you're put in that situation, I would do my best for these athletes from everything mm-hmm. I've lived as an athlete, from everything I've learned as someone who is passionate about the sports industry. I, I think regardless of anything, my intentions are always for the, my heart is always for the betterment of the athletes, you know? And I know mm-hmm. so many other people who I believe have these same values as me. And these are the, and at all levels, uh, the people who are just entering to study the sport, people who have been in this scene for a very long time. And those are the people who need to be at a leadership level because, and, and leadership is so much more than, um, you know, it's, it's so much more than a position as a title. It's more who is going to actually, who, is, who comes with a passion, who, who is able to advocate and look out for the people, who is able to give back in the right way, you know? And for me, it, it creates a trickle down effect. People who can lead by example. If the person at the top is so committed, mm-hmm. so committed to giving back everything to this sport, then it starts to go and it starts to trickle down. And that person can also integrate a system where the other people that you have within the organization are also at this level, or they can introduce courses, you know, they can introduce education to the people who are already working there to bring them just a bit closer, you know. I really link it a lot to, I think if you're working in the sports industry, I'm not saying, hey, just kick out everyone who's been working there for a really long time because they understand nothing about sport. There's people who didn't have the privilege to be able to learn it in that way, but you can introduce that as well when you have the, when you are that capacity of a leadership mm-hmm. level, bring it into the organization, make it a culture. It's the culture of the place. And you and, and once you bring that, you bring the empathy of people. I think it falls back to empathy. And I really think that in, for sports specifically, this is an industry where when things don't work, I think there's a lot of lack of empathy because when you understand Mm -hmm. athletes, you will be empathetic towards trying to push them to the best level possible because you understand how much blood and sweat it takes, you know? So just that education of how much does a track athlete actually, you know, invest and put, you know, take them out to the track one day to see the work that this person puts in. And the next time someone wants to mismanage these resources, they have to think about it. You know, they have to empathize with them just a little bit, you know? So I, I take it back to leadership and creating systems that work, creating systems that will last create systems that will uh, trickle down, but putting people in those positions who are, I mean, these retired Olympians that we have all over Africa in these positions, um, you know, that's, it's, that's one way is people with formal education is one, people who have been successful Olympians who understand or successful athletes in any way who understand the industry. Let's bring them in, maybe not in those positions as consultants. Let's get their advice. Let's see, you know, let's talk to them about what they went through and let's try and make it better. So I think that's a key to opportunities. Who best is going to tell you about the challenges and opportunities of football, if not a footballer who has come all the way to from Africa to Europe and has had those challenges. How will he know about those challenges if you don't speak to this guy, you know? So let's bring them in. Let's, let's you know, this. how can we have a whole board meeting in, 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 in Kenya and Nigeria and Ghana about what athletes need? And you don't even have someone representing that athlete in that room, you know? So some of these things we talk and we talk a lot, but you're not, you know, we're, we're looking at it from, we're, we're on the outside trying to look in, but we, we're not actually from that perspective. And we have so close to us people who have lived these experiences that we can just bring them in and rope them in. And that will be the next step towards creating systems that last, you know.
Yeah. And Amy, I know you mentioned some of the you know challenges. It hasn't been an easy journey to or whatever you've gotten, especially when you were handling African Sports Network at uh, at the beginning. And also some notable points I got, you know, sometimes being the black woman in the room, um, you know, trying to change the mindset. I, I feel like that is where the, a lot of job is when it comes to um, so many Africans across um, board. Talk to us about these challenges you have, have encountered. Just go uh, deep in detail about them in your journey and when it comes to empowering sports personalities and solutions to some of these challenges. Yeah, Sean, for sure. Um, definitely hasn't been easy. I think one sentence says it. I think it's young African black woman. <laughs> and that's that's all the <laughs> that's all the challenges in that <laughs> sentence. That each one of them I can I can spend 10 minutes on each one of those words or each one of those mm-hmm. four words, you know. Mm-hmm. But um I I definitely I mean okay we start with young you know yeah traditionally and in most of these spaces when i look across across africa think of sport think of any think of federations who is running them who is managing them so who is this kid that's coming to say that she now understands what she mm-hmm. now understands sports and knows all about sports where is women's sports women's sports is not a thing so then this young girl is coming to say that she has some value to add what what is happening like you should be somewhere else go go help your mom in the kitchen you know so there's there's so many other places that i'm i'm supposed to be but definitely not in the room bringing a great idea on how we're going to shape the future of african sport you know so that's number one it, um i think dealing with the number one is just the courage this is why i i take time and a lot of time to be a youth advocate to speak to a lot of young people because even i started to doubt i'm like wait do i not know anything actually do do i not because i really mm-hmm. felt like i was capable this whole thing of you're young you're young i was like i never heard this before i just felt like a human being who has invested time into learning something and understanding something but this whole thing with being hit and up but at your age at your it's true with age definitely comes a lot of wisdom but i'm investing that time to learning and growing it doesn't mean i can't have any impact you know so mm-hmm. that was the first boundary which i think it's a negative thing to say to young people because regardless of, uh, depending on your personality it could have stopped me along the way i could have said actually yeah i'm young and i have no 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 value or no no nothing to bring you know Yet at the end of the day, some some young people, and this is actually what kept me going, Sean, it's more of the people who were saying to me that, I'm so glad you, you, you're you doing that because because you're doing that, I can see that I can also doing that. Then I'm like, I, I can also do that, you know? And then I'm like, okay, maybe I'm on the right track, you know? At least mm-hmm. I want to appreciate it because the, the, the other people are kind of like, yeah, but you're so young, why are you doing this? You know, what 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 are you really, what 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 can you possibly know, you know? So I think I've always had the prove them wrong mentality in all the spaces I've gone to, you know? Exactly, when you enter a room and it's like, okay, but you're too young to understand this. Yes, I'm too young, but I just gave you mm-hmm. a proposal that is going to completely shape. If I'm too young, how come I figured out your whole strategy better than you have, you know? Let's start there. Thank you for that. Thank let's, you for let's that. Let's answer those questions first. Or, Thank or you, you know, that. walking into a room and, and it's that, yeah, I'm, I'm a young woman working in sports. But yeah, what, what does a woman know? Actually, I understand everything here. T- 10 times more than you because at the end of the mm-hmm. day, being a woman working in sports, I've had to know my business 10 times more than everyone else. Just in my degree alone, being the only girl in the room, I'm asked the serious nonsense questions to name the Manchester United lineup from back then. You don't ask the other guy that. But me, oh, I need, oh, I've always had to be <laughs> 10 times more informed than the people in the room because mm-hmm. I'm always expected not to know. 
I have to go into a meeting 10 times more prepared than my counterparts because I'm the one who possibly would not know. Speaking of challenges, Sean, I remember very vividly working in Nairobi and I had a team um, going to a meeting at the time with, with being the only woman in that room, having mm -hmm. a team of three, four other uh, men working with me and going to that room and just not being addressed. You know, the meeting is going on and actually they're just speaking mm -hmm. to everyone else in the room. And oh, I, no. I think the, the character of the team that I had around me was very beautiful because at some point the general manager said, well, why are you asking me? She's the boss, you know? And, the, and the, this was half an hour into a meeting where they've not even looked at me, not said anything to me and have completely been addressing someone else, you know? And it's just things like this that happen which you don't realize because you walk into that room so sure of yourself, but it's just, you, you go and you grow and you see these things happen and it's like, wait, why are they not addressing me? Wait, why are they saying mm -hmm. I'm too, you know, you go there fully prepared, but suddenly you're too young to know something or because you're a woman, you shouldn't understand this. And I've spent just as much time preparing, if not more time preparing. Why do I not know? So I think the key here is just to being sure of yourself, because for me, I was always like, no, I do know my my facts. I I'm, I am supposed to be in this room. So I don't understand why I keep entering these spaces. To be, I mean, I never heard of those things before I entered those spaces. But in those spaces, I start to realize that bias and realize these things. But I think the, the key to it is just to be sure of yourself and be so sure of yourself that they start to doubt themselves, not the other way around, you know, and really bring that power and that strength in the fact that, hey, I'm, I understand what I'm doing here. I know what I'm doing here. And I'm going to show you why you actually need me as an asset in this position. So I think that's how that's, that's a brief summary of a few of the challenges I faced. But I don't focus a lot on challenges. I think I take them as opportunities and I look for the way to kind of change. And listen, if, if the federations or whatever it is, the clubs see it as a problem that I'm too young, I'm going to go into a space where someone is looking for someone young and edgy and digital. And that's what Evan was saying before. There's always a way to use it as a strength. So if one True. organization says you're too young, you can't do this, you're a woman, there's going to be another organization that is looking for a strong young woman to take up that position. So don't be disheartened. Don't 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 say that. Hey, yeah, because because they they said that I'm too young or this. You know, it can't happen. Somewhere else, they will appreciate that and use it as your power. And if they don't, you have a platform. You find mm -hmm. something, make something, mm -hmm. and do something, and believe in yourself and use that power and make something of that power. So I think there's always a way, regardless of what kind of a challenge it is. As you mentioned, I'm abroad. I'm living in Spain. That's a third problem. There is a sports industry. But mm. which successful black person is in that sports industry? So we take it away from young and black to young and 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 woman to African and black, and it's like okay, now you have to work in a place that is dominated by white males, and how do you pick up your power in that environment? Because to get through that door, you already don't fit the qualifications. So how do you navigate in such spaces? So everywhere you go, there's going to be for sure a lot of barriers and different things, but. I'm here, I'm navigating somehow. And I think that's, that's a message is that it's, it's, it's definitely always just to look and see what works and I use people as assets as well. It's, it's the fact that I really believe that you can't make it alone. What I was saying before, when we're talking about women and the power and strength of networking and sharing your problems. It's exactly what I share. If you're in a space abroad, if you're in a space where people don't look like you or you're having those challenges, there's going to be people who understand there's going to be people who will advocate for you. And I think you can use that as your biggest strength. The, 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 the power of mentorship in these spaces is so valuable. So in, in, in a space where that in an industry that is white and male dominated and a different, completely different age group as well, different age barrier, this is a perfect place to have a mentor. If you have a mentor who fits exactly all those demographics, who do you think is going to open the door for you? 
you know? Mm-hmm. So it's very important to actually be, and it's the same thing I was saying before, if you have a woman, a woman who is working in sports that has so many years of experience over you, she can open so many doors for you because she has been there before you and she has that experience. And in every room you're trying to get into, I think this is the case that really don't underestimate, don't, don't, don't take this burden alone. Look at it and say that, hey, I'm in this space, whether it's that you they say you're too young. Okay, I am young, but I also, because actually that was one key to the, the, the question I was always asked about, oh, you have such a young team. Oh, but have you looked at my board of advisors? Because we have all these people, you know, use it as an asset. It's like, always be ready for these things and count to them in a different way. It's that I am young, but I understand that you need years of experience and I have that in a different way. Just bring it in in a different way, you know? So the, the power of mentorship really and, and having, you know, the, the, the missing demographic or the missing thing that they will be looking for, Find a way to use it to your strength. Get a mentor who fits that demographic and have them advocate for you. And that that way you can go far. That is some good advice. And I hope um, our young listeners, especially the young ladies, they can just uh, pick that because confidence uh, goes a long way. Believing in yourself also goes a long way. And just being aggressive, you know, pushing no matter what, pushing uh, no matter what is thrown towards you. And and I think that is what I admire about you uh, the most, uh, Amy. This is what I live by. Uh, when I've also experienced the same uh, when I'm dealing, especially uh, in Kenya, we understand the industry. I always tell myself there are 7 billion people, more than 7 billion people in the world. And every day there are new ideas, new people, new everything. So not all the 7 billion people, including the young ones, are going to close their doors. So when you say no, I will find a way of continuing to better myself I won't even get mad, but trust me, you'll hear about me. So with that mentality, I've I've managed to, you know, break some doors, break some barriers, but I totally get what you're saying, but I still can't imagine because it it feels, it feels heavy a bit. It feels heavy. And, And through this podcast, I just want people to understand and also hear women's experiences so that the moment they're interacting with women, they know what we are going through. They know that most of the time, 90%, 99, actually 100% of the time, we are there to better the environment, the community, the everything, that what whichever space we are in. And this reminds me, Adam, of a lady called... Um, Mapulane Fosheli, who we had talked to earlier. She's the president, the founder and the president of Motseo FC. It's in Lesotho. So what she did when she was making this football club, she uses football to empower women and children in the society. So, you know, this thing of throwing, oh, a woman belongs in the kitchen. So she took that motherly instinct and Motseo FC and made it a kitchen. You understand? So when you when you walk into Motseo FC, it's actually a kitchen. that. Uh, so they have different names for the different players who are actually women you know they have players in their 50s in their 40s in their 20s it's such it's such a fun entity also and it brings out the fun side so she took that and actually made something big uh out of it so her, her nickname is freeze from freezer so there's one called spoon there's one called um microwave she was naming all this and we were so excited and we were like oh wow just see how women sometimes whatever is thrown to us how we can take it and and build on it no no matter the negativity sometimes that comes with it and i know these are the stories that make women shy away from leadership positions and uh, they make them go back in their cocoon because sometimes you want to we, we are afraid of what will people say when you move like this and that but you know from your story and mapulani stories and also other women we have hosted on the podcast i think there's only one thing 
be confident in yourself, believe in yourself, um, try your best, your level best to just, you know, put education close to your heart, educate yourself, better yourself, gain, gain more skills, and you'll make it. I think it's that simple, Amy. Exactly, Sean. And I just want to add that, you know, it, it, it definitely, it sounds like a fight, which in a way almost we're, we're fighting every day, but I want to take it, take it away from, you know, there's that stereotype that, you know, that, you know, this kind of women have to be aggressive to, to succeed in this space. And, you know, someone will be saying, yeah, but I don't want to be aggressive. I don't want to be seen as this mm-hmm. angry black woman, super aggressive. And I think that's actually away from what it is because, Actually, it's more resilient. It's more rather than, you know, I think there's a, you can navigate through all these challenges gracefully. You know, I think yes. there's this, you don't never, I, I don't think I'm ever the, you know, the loudest person in the room having to scream or stand up to prove a point. Mm-hmm. Actually, everything comes silently from, from sitting back and proving your worth and your value. There's nothing that you need to be, you know, literally physically aggressive or, 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 you know, making yourself the biggest person in your room. I don't, I think you can gracefully, um, you know, speak. And that's, that's a message I really want to share on this because I think sometimes it takes it as, uh, especially obviously we're in sports, but regardless, when we talk about women, women taking the power and stepping up, it it seems that um, the people have this stereotype that, you know, you have to be angry. You have to, you know, be super poker faced and be shouting and, you know, trying to be super louder than everyone else in the room. But I completely disagree with this. I think you can very, you can be very graceful and strategic about the people that you keep near you. As I said, you know, navigate through the space in a completely, fully graceful way that you still get your message across without upsetting anyone, without you know, burning any uh, connections, without without making a negative impression, or without having people say this is why we don't let women, you know, without without making any any ne- negative thing about it, you know. And it's not that you know. Sometimes there there are a lot of people with way more soft spoken characters. And then someone will say that, yeah, but then this industry is not for me because I have a soft spoken character. It doesn't change anything, you know? You can definitely navigate the space with a soft spoken character because all you have to do is prove what you do and your work speaks for yourself. The way you execute, the way you carry yourself and the way you respond to all the challenges around you at the end of the day is what speaks for itself. It's not how loud you are. It's not how aggressive you are. That That is not, I'd never have to be loud or aggressive navigate through the sports scene and that's just something i want to highlight and make clear yeah thank you for highlighting that because and and that's what i i keep on saying you see all these things that that get thrown to to women you know you're loud you're this angry black woman and you just i know some 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 women feel like they're going to lose the battle but as long as you carry yourself with grace and you know who you are and you have everything you need in your head in your skills i think you're good to go thank you so much for that amy Oh my goodness, time is literally dashing. That was amazing. And I can't just wait to, to hear the feedback from this uh, specific podcast. I know Adam is just wowing in the background. But of this, is, this is, Adam, what we speak about. This is what happens when you give women a platform. And when you fully support, when you fully support them, when you invest in them, when you give them a chance, at least try, and, and to all our listeners, just try and give women a chance just try that you'll be you'll be surprised and you'll be shocked and i i remember reading some books back in the day even when it when it came to world war one world war two and some of even the biggest political decisions and you hear you know what some of the women are the ones actually making the decisions behind the scenes they share with the men and that is you know put put across and and that's how you understand how women are very powerful especially when the right investment is made into them amy thank you so much for your message today we truly appreciate i know this is so powerful and and i think 
highlighting also young ladies' stories just to see, you know, people, Annie's young, but she has gone through it too. She's a woman. So she has gone through it too, but she is the true definition of you can stand strong despite anything. So Amy, as we wrap up kindly, just what's your message to your fellow young ladies in the sports industry? Thanks, Sean. I really enjoyed being here. So thank you so much for this. And my last message is to capture everything is really just um, really have that believe in yourself. If you've chosen to do it, if you want to be in sport, you may as well do it well. You know, you may as well do it. And it doesn't matter what anyone is saying or doing. You know, if, if you don't want to do it, that's OK. You don't have to do it. But if you do have if you do want to do it and if you feel like this is your calling and your passion, don't stop because of some nonsense, some this and this or someone said this or someone didn't let just that door didn't open. OK, go around to the next one and the next one and keep pivoting and learn to take those those no's very very you know not not to your heart but it happens i mean even even with sean here myself here i'm sure adam as well all of us will go through anything it's not like the first thing you know you write 30 proposals you get one response that's it and we keep it pushing and you know yep. we keep trying and we keep working hard so i think that's it if you really want to be in this space go for it Go for it and don't let anything stop you. If you really put your, uh, your mind to it, I, we, I don't have enough time, Sean, to share with you from day one the challenges I had on a personal level, on a family level, on a society mm -hmm. level of really what it's taken me to get where I am today. It's a lot. But at the end of the day, I knew that it's what I wanted. So if, you, if your mind is not in it, hey, like <laughs> it's not worth the stress. But if, if, if you really want to do it, go ahead and do it. And I promise you it will be worth it. And actually, you can do it. You know, if, if I've been able to do it, if Sean is able to be here today and all the other amazing women who have made it in the sports industry, you surely can do it. And it's getting better. It's getting easier. These conversations are being had. So use us as a support system. Use other amazing women as your support system. And for sure, you'll be able to make it. Thank you so much for that wonderful advice, Amy Wande, a Kenyan social entrepreneur, international speaker, and women's advocate. Once again, thank you. And the message we are living with today is don't quit on yourself. Don't quit when the doors look like they're closed. Keep pushing. Keep breaking down those barriers and doors. And yeah, you just never know. And also give women a chance. That's all we are saying. Thank you so much, Amy. Have a wonderful time. I can't wait to host you again um, just to know everything, what is happening with the African Sports Network. Don't forget to follow her on her social media. I know she's very um, active on LinkedIn and also Twitter and Instagram. I feel like the, the, this generation, you guys have no excuse. You get, Gen Z, you have no excuse. You have to be everywhere marketing yourself 24-7. So thank you so much for that, Amy. It was a wonderful conversation. Um, we wish you all the best from us at Africa Business of Sport Podcast and keep shining. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you, Sean.